0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Anne Gordon here with my friend Al Khafurza Yardena Azband, our daf of the day, Masachid Gitin, daf Yod Gimel, page 13. We have a Mishnah on Ahmed Aleph. So we have here, where somebody is appointing another person to be his Shaliach, he says explicitly, give this divorce, give this bill of divorce to my wife. Or alternatively, give this bill of manumission to my servant, umet. And then the guy dies, meaning he's give, he dies prior to the delivery of the document. Lo yitnu You don't give the document after the death. Now, the fact is that you don't need a divorce, right, after the death. You, you don't, meaning once he's died, then there's no issue of either divorce or manumission for that matter, because he's died. Like, he, he can no longer Have a shaliach be his representative when he's no longer alive. It's not the same thing, let's say, as, I don't know, a last will and testament, let's say, where somebody has a document expressing their wishes for what they want to happen after, you know, for, let's say, legacy, that kind of thing, after they've died. This is supposed to be, you know, somebody is being his emissary during the time that he's alive. If he's not alive, it doesn't work. However, if somebody says, give this sum of money to so-and-so after, and then, and then he dies at the, under those terms, then you do give the money. You do transfer the money. And part of the rationale here is like, as opposed to a document, which um, where it's, he's functioning, like really in place of the guy himself, the value of the money in, I think this is where the fact that money is fungible kicks in, right? Like the divorce is a specific item or the, the, the star, the document, of freeing a slave is a very specific thing which requires the man's participation, right in his lifetime. You say here, give this money. Money is, you know, the, he's not saying give these specific coins. I'm not sure what would happen here with these specific coins. So the Gemara pick, you know, is going to talk about this, right? Amar of Yitzchak Barshmul Bar Marta So. This is interesting also to begin with, like how it is that Rav Yitzchak bar Shmuel bar Marta, the fact that Marta, I'm assuming this is his mother, that she's included here in his genealogy. He says in the name of Rav, that this, zavit. We're talking specifically about one who's giving 100 dinar, right? Let's say after the death of the original owner. And so this is where you've got dinarim, Oh, so it this will answer this right? Those dinarim are piled up. They're placed in a corner. They're there to say those dinarim should go to um the 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 designated person. But my So the girl says, what are we talking about? If we're talking about a healthy person, why would you have? Um, why would a healthy person give instructions to somebody else to take this debt these you know, I mean, these coins when they're all piled up? Like why would you ever do that? mashach. right the The person who is um getting this money has not done any active acquisition, any formal act of kinyan by pulling by by taking hold of the money, right? You have to be able to. Um, do some kind of formal act of acquisition before you can claim that you have now owned the new property. So I feel like this is, again, one of those things that gets re- mentioned by the by, and really we need to do a whole investigative study of Kenyan, which, again, is this formal act of acquisition, which we will talk about extensively as it comes up, and it will con- <laughs> it will continue to come up, but it's a kind of thing that it might be nice if we had a, a handy-dandy, you know, Let's talk about Kenyan in its own introductory package. And that's not the way this is going to work. Now, what about the person who's lying on his deathbed? Because that's, you know, theoretically, that's who's in the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't specify how or what the circumstances of this death is. Um, are. If you're talking about somebody who's on his deathbed, then why do you have to say you know that the money is piled up. The, the same issue would apply even if the money is not piled up. <laughs> so this, the, the Gemara explains that even in the case where the coins are not piled up, right, when we're talking about somebody on his, on his deathbed and he's, you know, now doling out his property, then the position of his Being on the deathbed means that every word he utters basically is considered as if it is a written document, a delivered document. Meaning, you don't need another formal act of acquisition. You don't need any formal act of acquisition because the the way the person on his deathbed um, delegates his property functions as that formal act of acquisition because because of his status. So the gemara here kind of answers that up, right? It, it talks back to that suggestion that the mission is talking about somebody who's on his deathbed, no, the mission is talking about a healthy person. Really, it's lining up with the opinion of Rav Huna, who said, again, in the name of Rav, I have 100 dinar in, my, in, in your possession. You go take it and give it to so-and-so. And so because that took place, because that took place in, in the presence of everybody, then that third person can acquire it because they're all there um to witness it fundamentally, right? And then that's the kind of thing that you it ends up being functionally like money in a pile, um, because the because of the participation of everybody there. Um Rav Papa goes on to say, no, no, the mission is talking about somebody on his deathbed. And we have ongoing debate about exactly what's going on in this mission that seems so simple on the face of it, and yet is kind of really lacking in uh, the details of the circumstances of it. Right. And and
1: Rav Zvi, you know, also has, there's two different interpretations, basically, to how to understand Rav. And that's what a lot of the Gemara is going to spend time trying to understand, case right that sort of somebody can give an instruction and then after they die that instruction has to be carried out and i i think what it's trying to take into account is is like sometimes things just happen in life and but what's our obligation to fulfill those words like in other words is it have to be deathbed or do we say like freak accident you know also you would need to to fulfill or make sure that those things actually came to fruition as they were instructed
0: yeah, ex- I think that's a, a point well taken, that the case, when you start to read the Mishnah and you say, and the guy dies, you don't have to think he's on the deathbed, right? It, terrible things happen, right? So then what happened with this statement? What happens with his legacy?
1: The issue is, is that generally law, right? Whatever, this is halakhic law, but any system of law, just has to govern from the place of the broadest, most as opposed to the most unusual. So if you don't say it's on his deathbed, then that actually becomes a little bit of a very unusual case, right? Anything and then something terrible can happen to them in the next. But that's not a way that we usually govern. So I think that's why the Gemara spends a lot of time trying to figure out what this mission is talking about. I'm going to move on to Ahmed Bet, where there was a discussion, this you know, this statement about, you know, sort of this three-way uh, transaction. Right. Where it said, Gufa, I'm a Rav Huna, I'm a Rav. So Rav Huna said the name of Rav. Mina libi hulo liploni. Right. You have a mana of mine. Give it to so-and-so. So the case is, right, the kana. And he says this in the presence of all three parties. So in other words, the case is, is that there's the creditor, the debtor, and then the creditor's uh, creditor. Right. So in other words, the, the creditor lends money. Reuven lends money to Shimon. But Ruvain also owes money to Levi, let's say, for example, or wants to loan money. To- so he says to Shimon, instead of paying me back, you just give the money to Levi. And when they do that, if all three of them are there, the third party, Levi, automatically acquires that money. So the Gemara wants to understand this. Amar Rava Rava said, milse de pika don. Rav's ruling right, makes sense in the case of a depositive object, like an object you know, somebody was uh you know, actually watching a valve milve, low, but not in the case of a loan. In other words, we can't say if you're talking about an object, you know, okay, that's something that you know, this would work for. But if we're talking about like sort of an ownership of a debt, in other words, not physical money that's transferring, but it's like who needs to pay the debt or who owns the debt, this doesn't really this doesn't really seem to make uh seem to make sense. They don't, they don't think that this actually, uh, he doesn't think that this sh- this logically should apply. Then he goes on to the Elohim, but by God, Amarav, Afila right? But what he's saying is the mention of God's name in this context, right? If you said God's name, then it's like an oath, right? And so we're saying that Rav said this even with a loan, right? He said even though he doesn't think it's logical, he knows that Rav actually when it came to loans. So that's his point. Rav is saying, it's not logical to me, but I know that Rav actually said it applies to loans. So to give it a proof that this is actually true, Yitzhak said, Amr Shmuel mash, uh, Levi." Shmuel said in the name of Levi, and now I realize I shouldn't have used the word Levi when I gave my example, but okay. Milva Lo Laploni. Right. If the creditor says to the debtor, you have this outstanding loan and you owe me, but give it to so-and-so, if he does this in the presence of all three parties, then the third party gets it. So the point here is, is that we have other Amoraic statements that seem to agree with the statement of rub that if all three parties are there, you could transfer a loan this way. Gamar is going to go on it a little bit more. What's the reasons that this is effective with loans even? Amamarymar, orymar said Nasek, Omar Maot." It's as if the debtor told the creditor right at the time that the money was given to him, right I'm under obligation to you yourself and to anyone who you can designate to come in your place. In other words, every debtor right understands that his debt basically can go to whoever the creditor wants. So that's why this works. Because when you take a loan from somebody, you understand that the creditor has like a certain amount of power over you. And the creditor can basically say where the money gets. The Gemara doesn't like this. And they say that actually doesn't work well. la So Rabashi says to Maymar, who gave this reasoning. But if you say this, right? So the creditor can transfer ownership to a newborn that wasn't alive when the money was given to the debtor. In other words, what Ravashi is saying to Amemar is that using this logic, the creditor could decide to transfer that money to somebody who wasn't even alive when that original loan was made. And of course, the debtor couldn't have had that in mind when he agreed to the conditions of the original loan. Hachanami delo kano. So it's indeed so that the newborn would not acquire ownership of the debt. In other words, how could this do, this person who didn't exist before the debt was, uh, when the debt came into existence, acquire something because the debtor couldn't obligate himself to a person who didn't exist. So this case would basically be Reuvene lends Shimon money, let's say in 2015, Levy is born in 2018, and in 2020, Reuvene says to Shimon, actually, you should pay the money back to Levy. okay? He'll be the new creditor for this loan. When the, we say that the debtor is, shabana lach didach, udechol de atu mechamatech, the line that we read before, I'm under obligation to you yourself and to anyone who you designate in your place, the debtor can't mean somebody who doesn't exist. He can't mean somebody who he doesn't even know could have been a possibility. And so the Gemara goes on to say, Dafil even according to Rabbi Meir, who as a principle that a person can uh, acquire something which has not yet come into being, right? So this applies when it's something, uh, you know, it's an item, it's an object to someone which has come into being, but it's not about someone who has not yet come into being, Right, so in other words, the point of this whole passage, Ravashi saying Tameimar, is when the debtor agrees or has this idea that yes, he may have to pay the money back to somebody else. It has; to, it can't be somebody off in the future who doesn't even exist yet. So, I'm going to read on to the next page. Ella Amar So, Ravashi basically says that the reason why this works is is because. The debtor actually gets a benefit when the loan goes from the old creditor to the new creditor, because now he's obligated to the new creditor, and the Hana is, the benefit is, with the new creditor, maybe he can, you know, negotiate himself a better deal, or that he could pay it off later, or something like that. So that's why the debtor would agree to it, even if it was with this, you know, newborn person. The Gemara is going to reject that, and they quote, Amar le'ikuna mar bereid Hunamar, the son of Reb Nachami, said to Rebashi, "Elame ata, right? But if you say Kagon Hani devebar El Yashiv dekate La Alter, right? What if that third creditor was basically like those of the Bar El Yashiv family, who tie up and extract payment right away? In other words, there wouldn't be a benefit to the debtor if they're like the Bar El Yashiv family, because they these are people who like to be paid right away. You can't negotiate with them. Hachanami delo kanu." So is it indeed so that they do not acquire, right, ownership of a loan with this three-party transaction? In other words, if the debtor isn't going to get a benefit, maybe then this third-party thing wouldn't work. If you say that, then you have to subject your ruling to constant evaluation. In other words, we can keep saying that this third-party ruling only works under a certain sec- set of circumstances with a certain third party. It just doesn't make sense. That's not how law works. When we make a ruling, it has to be that it, it includes most cases. And we can't have it be that it, it needs to be very, very specific. So then the Gemara goes on to say, Ela Amar Mar Zutra." So then Rab Zutra says, hani tlata shivnuhu rabbanan below tama. The sages have these three matters, right, which are going to be, which they're going to give us. That are laws basically they they're as if they're laws that were given from Moshe to Sinai. In other words, with no rationale, they're not logical. They're just laws that we know are laws. (laughs) Chadaha, right? This is the first one of them that this three party, all the three party, all present transaction works. And then they give the other two. (laughs) Right? Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel. Somebody signs over all his property to his wife. Somebody's on his deathbed and he signs over his estate to his wife, lo asa right? We just make her the administrator over the estate. She doesn't actually get the estate. V'yidachtama Ravchanina, and the next one is, according to Ravchanina, hamasi shalibno gadol right? Somebody marries off a woman to his eldest son in a, it was a special type of wedding house, kano. The son acquires her without having to do any other type of kenyans, that you need that normally are done uh, to acquire a wife, to do the kinyan of Kedushin. So the point here is, is that, you know, it, the Gemara ultimately says, it's not logical. We can't prove why this should work, but we have a strong enough Messorah that this is a halacha. And I think that's very interesting. And it's it, the, for the Gemara to basically admit, right? The Gemara is basically saying, we don't know why, but we're telling you it's there. And therefore it's going to be halacha.
0: That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcasts. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this DAF. Thank you to Rabineet Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.